0: A quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Tim Schmoyer. That was totally worth it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt sneeze indicates you're allergic to my singing, which is kind of offensive.
1: Well, I think I hit the mute button right in time, so hopefully it didn't come through. <laughs> no, it didn't. You, you must be a, a professional of video, yeah? I've done some video before my lifetime,
0: yeah. Brilliant stuff. Well, today, Tim Uh, We're gonna be talking about YouTube sales, how not to ruin your channel by overselling, I would assume, uh, which is gonna be great. But before we go into that, I'm gonna talk about my favorite topic. I always do this at the beginning. Your knowledge panel is absolutely brilliant. And if we can show that knowledge panel, uh, in fact, your your description, your profile comes from SEMrush. Google's pulling that in because you don't have a Wikipedia page. Although I do think you deserve one, frankly.
1: I have actually um, never even looked
0: at this before. So this is the first time I'm seeing it. <laughs> oh, right. Well, if you see down at the bottom, though, it says claim this knowledge panel. You can claim it. Yeah. And then you can start asking them to make changes to it. And you can post, in fact, your news to it, which would actually be really good for you. Uh, you need to get one for you, if, if I may give you advice, yeah, uh, for your YouTube channel as well, because then you can post lots of stuff to that. And so when people search for you, they will see that knowledge panel for you with the posts that you put up and the information, the photos that you want. And then for your YouTube channel, they were YouTube creators. They would then see uh, that. I mean, I've done it for music groups before, and you can post this amazing stuff Um I mean, I've got a, or I had a rock group and I was posting stuff about the rock group and the music we were doing oh, nice. uh, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's, I think it's good user experience for people. I think more people than you think search for you and your YouTube channel.
1: Probably. I just, I have so like everyone so many other things going on. Yeah. Another thing I should be, I should, I should be doing. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks for pointing that out.
0: Yeah, another one well and if you saw at the bottom there were there were three or four people and, and then i looked through to there and you there you got four people five people and if you go through to the next one we've got a carousel and these are the people that google in its knowledge graph that means you're in the knowledge graph google's understand understood who you are and what you do more or less and these are the people it associates you with do you think that's a good assessment of uh, your peers It's
1: close-ish. I would expect some people to be on there that I don't see, and there's other people on there that I'm a little surprised by. But, yeah, I'm not arguing.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I recognize Andy and Rand and, down at the bottom there, Neil Shaver, who was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, Not sure about all the other ones.
1: Yeah, I know most of them. Uh, But me and Gary, I don't know that Gary Vanderchuk and I are usually put together, but, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it as a compliment. (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of this group of, uh, of marketers. I mean, uh, I was talking to An- Andrea Volpini from WordLift, and he's a specialist in this, and he was saying basically those carousel results are what comes up in the pages in the search results under your name. So if we look at the pages of those top 10 or 20 results, we will see all these people somewhere in those results, which is phenomenally interesting. So it's not so much people that associates with you, but people that are associated with your name
1: in the pages right. that rank for your name. Right. Yeah. So we, we do speak at a lot of the same events together and yep. we do a lot of videos together and we do co-author a lot of blog, guest blog posts for different people together. So that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Now, we're now going to quickly show your YouTube channel. I mean, I was stunned. 2.54 million uh, subscribers. That's a blooming big number. How long did it oh. take you to
1: get those? Well, that was not actually Mike. I've done work with them, but my, my channel oh. is actually called Video <laughs> Creators. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we have uh, what, 550,000, um, <laughs> a little over half a million subscribers reaching people who are trying to grow their audiences on YouTube. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. That okay. Bigger.
1: That's YouTube's official one, which is all their support videos, like on their support right. pages and everything are embedded on that channel.
0: Brilliant! So you just made me look like a complete fool. Um, Oh, I made myself look like a complete fool. Sorry, thank you. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, but five hundred thousand. Let's bring that number down. Five hundred thousand. That's a phenomenal number. And what you've managed to do is build that uh, audience up, but not ruin it with the kind of sales aspect. Because obviously, you're making money out of it. You've got that wonderful studio.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have um, nine people who work here at Video Creators on my team. And we focus on just helping next tier, like next level creators, those who have some traction, 10,000, 100,000 subscribers already on their channel. And they're just kind of at that plateau. They'll feel a little stuck. They're like, how do I get to that million? How do I get to that 10 million subscriber mark? And so our our niche is even more narrow than just YouTube creators. It's that that the people who are looking for the next level strategy beyond the basics of like, how do I upload a thumbnail and where's the record button on my camera, right? The people who are, who are actively already doing this. So yeah, so we work with them, help them take their channel to the next level and grow it and ultimately spread a message that reaches more people and changes more lives while growing their business at the same time.
0: Right. Okay. Brilliant stuff. So I mean, in fact, five, Hundred thousand is a phenomenally big number for uh, a channel that actually aims at relatively few YouTubers. I mean, the number yeah. of YouTubers who've got ten thousand subscribers must be quite small.
1: Our mark, our target, uh, our mark, our market is probably around a hundred thousand creators in the world total, and they're
0: all subscribed to, to your uh, channel along with their mother, their father, their daughter, Plus their a few more.
1: Yeah, I mean, what happens is a lot of these creators things happen in life like they'll subscribe when they're getting started they'll subscribe when they're working on their channel but then someone loses interest or they take another job or something changes and they just don't unsubscribe so over the years it's been more of a accumulation of right. viewers and subscribers which is normal especially for educational channels like mine what, but,
0: what yeah. kind of percentage of, of five hundred thousand, I mean, in your case or in general would you think are going to be active i mean as you say people subscribe and then lose interest or they subscribe and then never really were interested but they were so encouraged by people saying subscribe to my channel now um that they subscribe they forget about it or then we're never interested what kind of percentage are we looking at for live uh, active subscribers it,
1: it, uh, it are you talking about my channel or just across youtube in general well both let's start with your channel and my my YouTube channel is pretty high because I've been doing this uh, full-time now since 2013 um, I uploaded my very first video in 2006 to YouTube and have been an active creator on the platform learning a, a whole lot about how this thing works and working with Disney and eBay and Warner Brothers and Budweiser and all these like brands all the way up yeah. to like creators who are just getting started so we've we literally work with like over uh, 200, clients every month on growing their YouTube strategy. And so in that course of time, now doing this full-time since the past seven years, there's a high turnover rate of people who have this idea of like, I really want to grow my YouTube channel. I want to use it to grow my business, use it to reach more people or make money or whatever the case is. And then they get into it just just like starting a business. They get into it and they're like, Oh wow, this is gonna be way harder than I thought it was gonna be. I watch his other YouTube videos; they make it look so easy, and mm. it's just like being an athlete, being a musician, being an actor or an actress. Like when you do your job really well, you make it look so easy, you know? Like, oh, I would have caught that pass. Why? He's a professional. It's like, no, you would not have caught that pass. <laughs> He's been training for, <laughs> you know, his entire life forever, and yeah. You know, so they make it look easy, and the same thing happens on YouTube. People think, well, oh, okay. I'm they get into it and then two videos later, they're like, ooh,
0: whoa. So, is- a, a, a great YouTuber catches the pass every time, in inverted commas, as it were. Uh,
1: no, not every time, but maybe oh. like one out of 10 times. Yeah. Even even established creators publish lots of flops, but people don't see the flops. They only see the success and then there's a little tainted there. With
0: the right. Oh, that, that's a question. I mean, you, if you publish a, a flop, what do you do? Do you leave the flop or do you take it off and protect your reputation?
1: Well, I think it I think we first define what a flop is because a flop, what most people think of is I published this and didn't get as many views as I was hoping it would get. Hmm. And we, our strategy that we that we do with our clients is actually, Let's design every single video we do to accomplish one specific goal. Not like what, unfortunately, a lot of marketers forget this principle, like they'll do it on their website or other market emails or whatever. It's like the goal of this email is to convert to here. The goal of this page on our website is to convert into that. But then when they do a YouTube video, the goal of every video is to get a million views, get tons of subscribers, rank number one, go big on Reddit, get lots of comments, get people to share, you know, get people. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. You can't do 15 different goals with one piece of content anymore on YouTube than you can anywhere else. So when it comes to like, well, what's the what's flop? Sometimes we just, we're, we're gonna craft a piece of content that's only designed to engage our existing subscriber base. It's not intended to go big. It's not intended to be shareable. It's just intended to grow the no like and yeah. trust factors with the people who are already here. We'll publish that video and a week from now it's probably no longer getting any views and relative to the number of subscribers and potential audience size. Maybe it only got a fraction of views, but that's okay. It accomplished this goal. By By deepening the relationship that with those potential customers, with those people in that amount of time. And so that video doesn't hurt you in any way. It's just part of the strategy.
0: Okay. Well, so that makes me think about blogs. I mean, I I work with clients who have blogs. I mean, blogs are easy because you just write it and put it out there. Whereas video, you need all the equipment. You need somebody who can actually stand up in front of a camera and not feel completely uncomfortable and kind of cringe up. Um, and, and what they tend to do is say, okay, I've got a blog and I'll just write an article that I think is interesting today. And they don't even set any goals. Is that what people do on YouTube as well? Oh,
1: absolutely, all the time. Yeah. No. Okay. And, yeah. So they're like, "Oh, this would be a great video," and or they say, "I saw so and so make a video similar to this," and they make it, and it's like, "Well, nobody cares about that video," it, or or you didn't craft the content in a way that made it easy enough for us, other people to care about that content. So
0: right, could be oh. a
1: few different things going on there, but yeah.
0: Okay. And so, sorry. As a, as a general, I mean, you you were saying, you know, you've got a certain amount of active uh, subscribers. I mean, on on a normal channel, I mean, it, are we are we churning really quickly? Is somebody who subscribes today likely never to look at you again? You end up with like ten percent, twenty percent. Well,
1: it depends on a few different factors. Number one, I hate, I know you, people hate the depends answers. Like yep. just tell me they like, don't tell me it depends, <laughs> but.
0: Uh, no, I love it. It keeps the conversation going. Then I don't have okay, to think a new question. Like, just
1: give me the freaking number. The, <laughs> the, it depends on a couple of variables. So one would be the age of the channel. So the older the channel is, the more likely you're going to have more passive dead subscribers. there not dead literally, but just inactive <laughs> subscribers.
0: Well, Some of them would be. <laughs> they might be.
1: Yeah. Uh, but just inactive subscribers to the, the older channel is it just it just happens over time mm. the second thing would be we, we see that entertainment content tends to perform differently than educational content so on an educational channel like mine people will be more more likely to subscribe because a video is helpful and then they just but the next video that comes along is like oh I don't have that problem and the next video like oh I don't need to know that I already know that as well and so they They're not watching this get every. They're not coming here to watch every single video. They're more like, I like this guy. I'll see what comes along next, and maybe something else comes along that's that helps me. I'll watch it as opposed to an entertainment channel, which people are subscribing for a very different reason. And there for an entertainment purpose, they'll subscribe and they're far more likely to engage with the next video and the next video and the videos that come after, because it's this narrative, it's a story or, or it's funny, it's entertaining or, or whatever the case might be. And so they're a little bit more likely to uh, engage. So that number goes up, tends to go up in terms of subscriber to view engagement ratios on, on entertainment channels versus mm-hmm. educational channels that doesn't okay. mean one's better than the other they just it's just perform it's
0: different different yeah. demographics and different points of view from the, the people
1: different expectations for the content and everything yeah
0: And I mean you've got 500,000 subscribers let's say there's uh, half of them are, are active I mean I don't know if that's the right number. Is, is there a way for you to actually reach out reach out sorry, and, and try and attract the attention of those 250 other thousand that have kind of stopped watching it?
1: not. Very well. No, not really. Um, I, I think it would be great. Most people don't think it'd be great, but I think it would be great if there was a way like an email, you can scrub your email list and kind of get the open rates up and things like that. I think that would be great. But on, on YouTube, or just social media in general. But most people hate that because they want that vanity metric to be as high as possible. Right. So they're looking for a million subscriber total who's who've ever in the history of my channel click that red button, even whether whether or not they're engaged or not doesn't matter. They just want that million view that million subscriber mark. And truth is it doesn't really hurt your channel to have more passive subscribers on there. Um, but but it does kind of make yeah. the numbers look a little weird sometimes.
0: Yeah. Okay. And and there, there's a question. I mean, do you do you recommend saying subscribe to my channel during every single show you do, or do you say say that if the aim of the video is to get subscribers? I mean, because you, presumably you create specific videos to gain subscribers and other ones to push people through. Oh, you're nodding and smiling. It looks yeah. like I, I've hit the nail on the head here.
1: You're you're smart. You're cat. You're on the right track. So in terms, in <laughs> ooh,
0: terms, ooh, I'm, I'm giggling like a schoolgirl now.
1: No, no, you really are. Because like most people will just say. Well, I need to subscribe, like the call to action on every video is subscribe, comment, like, and then visit my website, like four or whatever on every single video. And maybe we can talk about how that kind of, it's like shooting yourself in the foot sometimes. But to answer that question that we actually don't encourage our, our clients to ever encourage ask people to subscribe that is not a call to action that really fits anywhere in ours in in the recommendations that we make and it's not because it's bad but it's just because there's other opportunities other actions you can ask them to take that are much more beneficial for your channel that leads to explosive subscriber growth that's not asking them to subscribe such as such as okay so we got to talk a little bit about how the algorithm works in this in this uh, make this for this to make sense very briefly, uh, YouTube wants to favor, they're looking at a couple different things. One, they want content that's like, well, what do people watch when they're here? How much time do people spend watching a video? That's measured in watch time, which yep. is like the main, one of the, one of the biggest metrics that YouTube looks at when they're going to position surface or, or surface content around the platform. And that's just how much, how long do people spend watching this video if they spend, 15 minutes watching this video versus two minutes watching a video. Like they're going to learn like, Oh, the person spent 15 minutes. This, this video is much better for them than this other person yeah. only spent two minutes or this other content we could surface. Right? So they their goal is to keep people on YouTube as long as, as possible. So that's the first thing. Second thing they're looking for then is, well, then how does this video contribute to the overall viewing session yeah. on YouTube? So if we surface video, a people. St- We'll stay on YouTube for another 10 minutes. If we surface video B, people stay on YouTube for another 50 minutes, let's say. Yep. And so video B is going to win all day long because that person's engaging with more content. They're seeing more ads <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, and sure. subscribing to more channels, things like that. No, I've the, had this
0: explained to me by uh, Bengu Atama before, and, and you've actually explained it really well. It, it It's kind of, if I might say so, it, it's dumbing yeah. it down to the level that you go, right, yeah. Right.
1: It makes sense when you hear it, that like, yeah.
0: And it, it becomes and a social channel. I mean, it becomes this idea of exactly YouTuber trying to keep you works. on board, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening is YouTube's like we want to deliver the content that you want. Uh, The the goal of the algorithms is to surface the right video to the right person at the right time. Okay, so how do they do that? Well, how long are people spending watching this content? That's how well valuable they deem a video to be not based on how many keywords is in the metadata because yeah. people lie and use misleading data all the time. So YouTube's AI definitely looks at viewer signals instead. Right. Um, it's kind of like time on page in like Google World, for example. And then session time. And then the last thing they're, they're measuring, the third thing is viewer satisfaction, which is, okay, we got someone to watch this video and then they spent a long time on YouTube watching it, but how satisfied do they feel at the end of this viewing session. Did like, cause- So
0: YouTube they're filming media. my face and they look at the smile I've got after regard- They uh, after measure
1: what? it in a couple of different ways. But okay. one, one is how likely, if we surface this content, how likely are you to come back to YouTube again tomorrow or two days from now or three days from now? Mm. Um, because the higher satisfaction is, the more likely you are. Your experience, you had a positive experience on the platform, and you'll come back again. They measure, they measure that. They're also doing these satisfaction surveys right in your feed, and maybe you've noticed these before. But they're like, here's a video, and they ask like, what did you think of this video? And they give you a couple different emoji icons uh, to to click on, and and you can say, Hey, I think this was like at this level. And they'll like, why? And, th- and they're asking how satisfied you were. So they'll literally just ask people. And so all I, I also
0: think, sorry, if, if we had a fourth one, people forget the scale that this is at. I mean, it, it's, it's millions billions of uh, millions and millions and millions of people watching billions and billions and billions of hours of YouTube videos and machine learning kicks in. And so they don't actually need to know if they satisfy you. They need to know as a group if they're satisfying people. So that whole machine learning thing takes it to a whole new level that we can't really understand. So it doesn't actually matter what I'm doing as an individual. What matters is what is the mass of individuals who are similar to me in one way or another are doing.
1: Yes, that's part of it. It does matter what you're doing because you're going to get a personalized experience on YouTube of suggested and homepage based on like what you engage with and don't engage with what you click and watch and quickly abandon, which versus what you engage with. So that is all everyone's like when people and you know this, like when people say like, I want to rank number one on YouTube. I'm like, well, Okay, but literally, like, let's bulk get on our computers, do the exact same search, and we're going to have different videos in there. Even Hmm. the search is very a personalized experience. Well, Um, interesting enough, from my
0: point of view, I mean, I come from the googly SEO kind of world where results are personalized. But on YouTube, it's much, 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 much more.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's very, now that's not to say there won't be some videos that we both have in common because when you, do... I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but because w- I want to answer the question. We right never
0: now. got on topic, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, well, I wanted to lead up to then how do we, um, what were we talking about? It's like well, we had to talk about the algorithm in order to understand. How this? Oh, works. how you get people to subscribe? You were saying it, oh, you don't have to say yes, subscribe, you. subscribe. You yes. you need to get uh, what you need
0: to do is engage them in another way that will explode your subscribers.
1: Which is to watch another video. Yeah. So we're, right. we'll, what we do is we'll we'll deliver content, deliver value. We're still holding their attention. And then what most creators do is they say. They start giving all these signals to the viewer that this video is now over. You may safely abandon it. And they'll say things like, well, hope this was helpful. Let me know what you think. Anytime Mm -hmm. you say subscribe below, people are like, oh, video's over. And you'll see right in your audience retention graphs on YouTube, the data doesn't lie. It just drops.
0: It's a complete cliff. As soon as you say, thank you for listening. My name's Jason Barnard. Please do remember to subscribe. It's already dropped off and everyone's gone.
1: And people do that because they're used to television on television. They do the sign on the sign off thing because there's another show coming, but on YouTube, there isn't another show coming. You want them to keep watching your show. That really doesn't have an end. I mean, it might after they get to the end of your video catalog, but it, really doesn't have an end so right. okay so at the end of our videos this content is content value 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 we're delivering and then the end screens appear while you're still delivering value the viewer is still there and then if it's an educational channel quickly the best thing that we we've seen work is a quickly give like a 10 second pitch for the next video you want them to watch um let's say it's a cooking channel and uh, um, my favorite dessert that goes along with this, you guys will like will not believe this, this is gonna complement this so well. I put together a short playlist for you, you and click right here. It's gonna help you make three different dessert options that I know you're gonna love. Click right there. I'll see you in the next video.
0: So, oh, that oh, I like that. Oh, so you
1: don't say oh, well, goodbye. I, yeah, just keep talking. And then what happens with a lot of the clients we work with, a normal click-through rate on screen is about 0.7 to 1% click-through rate onto another video. Which seems quite doing-
0: small, but
1: but now, not everyone, but we've seen it get as high as 42% click through rate on the end screen. So now just imagine what happens. Sorry, that, sorry that's
0: through. 42% people who get to the end screen click through right. as opposed Garbled. to 40%.
1: Yeah, we want to help half of our half the people who click play. We want to craft the content so we get the maximum amount of watch time, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, decent ish is like when we can start getting half the people who click play who are still there when those end screen elements appear. So now they have the option to to keep going. Right. Now just
0: just. Sorry, just oh, quickly ahead, ahead, and We can come back, go back go. to this. As you can see, I remember where we were, and we can come back. I'm, I'm quite, yeah. I'm getting quite good at that. I've done 150 good. of these, so <laughs> nice. actually, kind of thinking, of we were there, and we can come back. to But that wasn't the point. You said there's this really great cooking recipe thing that I recorded last week. Please click there because I'll see you on that. Whatever it was, that was very badly done. I'm definitely not a YouTube You're star. Right yeah,
1: you learn quickly. But no, but what, what
0: happens when I record that recipe after the first one, there's no way for me to add it on in any uh, meaningful sense.
1: So the way that we do that, in that case, if you're like, I going to make it, but it's not made yet, is we will still do that same verbal and visual pointing and call to action. But on screen, there might be a little box that says coming next Thursday. Or something. And so huh. when, the, when the subscriber sees it, they're going to be like, Oh, coming Thursday. Okay. I'll come back. But then when Thursday comes and that video is published, we just simply then put the end screen on top of that little box on the video. And now you can no longer see it. And now everything makes sense because most people hopefully will be watching this video for years down the road, not just huh. for like the week delay between when you publish it and the next video that you want comes out
0: which which then kind of leads me to the, the question is obviously i let's say i don't know why i'm going to record in three years time is there any use in me saying uh, and on the channel there are lots of other things to listen to here or watch sorry here are some uh, amazing things i'll see you on the next video just choose one because you're gonna love it
1: youtube has an option called best for viewer and you can put that up there and just let them decide which cha- video on your channel is best for that viewer to watch next Our experience has been that the click through rate is not nearly as high when you just passively be like, here's something else for you versus giving a verbal pitch that's clearly associated with the value that they're getting right now. And it helps them even more after this video than just being like, here's another random video. So,
0: yeah. No, okay. So, I I mean, the the idea of being backwards compatible, i.e. looking at what's gone and saying maybe you'd like like this is, is great. But trying to be forwards compatible is really trying to do too much too soon.
1: Yeah, unless you know the video's coming within another week or two, yeah. then it's probably uh-huh. fine. But if you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to make this, then no, figure out a video that's already in your library that you can pitch instead. Right,
0: okay. So and if I I've have only have got to... one video, every single, sorry, go ahead. Excuse me.
1: No, no, you're fine. Yeah, if you only got one video, then just grow the library and <laughs> keep going and you'll get No,
0: there. I was just saying, you know, I think a lot of people have that frustration. It was the first thing that sprung to mind is when I've just got my first video, it's kind of like you feel a bit pathetic and you're kind of saying, I don't have anything to present. Well, I feel a bit st-
1: Well, you could do is just point someone to someone else's video. Maybe it's not yours. It could be on someone Ooh. else's channel. That still extends the viewing session, but still makes your video look good. You're not getting the additional watch time on another video of yours, unfortunately, but you don't have another video of yours at this point. No, so sure. So you can pointing people to other content that's not yours is still It still doesn't give you the full benefit, but it's still much more beneficial than asking someone to subscribe.
0: But I mean, traditionally in SEO, we say, oh, let's not link out. And I like linking out. I think linking out is a good thing to do from everybody's point of view. And in fact, on YouTube, it it can be said, but actually being useful and being helpful and linking out or pointing out other things is a positive signal because you're helping the user and helping YouTube and YouTube will then help you. But the idea that you send a user to another channel, do you really think they're going to come back and subscribe later?
1: No, but when you only have one video, there's not a whole lot for them to subscribe for.
0: No, you. sure. No, 100%. Sorry, that, that's not what I meant. I mean, sorry. I, I suppose I was it, saying, is it worth recommending other content once you have enough videos, or do you really want to keep people in your channel?
1: Uh, once you have, let's say, 20 videos. I don't know. I'm making that yep. up arbitrarily. Yep. But let's 20, say, yeah, I'll 20 go with 20. Videos, and that should be more than enough to start interlinking your videos together mm-hmm. this way. But um, if you have less than that, it's still more beneficial for you to keep that viewer watching more content and give a recommendation for someone else's video than it is probably get to them passively click a red button. Because the problem, what we started by talking about is you can get a lot of people to passively click a red button, but that doesn't mean they're actually going to engage. That doesn't really help your video become as discoverable as instead increasing the viewing session, which when you get someone to start watching two, three, four of your videos in a row, mm-hmm. YouTube's now just going to start putting other content of you and of yours in front of that viewer. You're going to start showing up on the homepage. You're going to start being more suggestive. That's yeah. like the real power. I think that YouTube Wonderful. has that isn't, doesn't exist as much on Google, which is YouTube will just put your video in front of the right person at the right time, even if they're not searching for it.
0: Yeah. Well, they're I mean, th- this this is, this is push technology. I mean, they're pushing the videos to people to encourage yeah. them to say in that social manner, but coming back uh, one step, is you said, interlinking, which sounds like um, uh, something from, I was trying to think what film it's from. Um, maybe, maybe, um, One of the futuristic films, anyway, but it made me think of internal linking. And what you're basically saying is you can't internal link through the description in any useful manner for the users because nobody reads the description. What you need to do is consider your videos themselves to be this internal linking structure, whereby Mm -hmm. at the end of the video you're saying, here's another idea for you. So it's kind of a mixture of internal linking recommendation uh, in the way that YouTube does it, Yeah.
1: All the internal linking, so to speak, that's my words, not YouTube's. That's They're all no follows. So from an SEO perspective, it doesn't really yeah. help that. But from a human perspective, like that's what the algorithm is actually trying to measure. And so when it sees that when we surface this video, 90s, let's just, I'm making up numbers. Let's just say... of them then go on and watch this other video that he recommended. What you're soon going to see is that video is now gonna be recommended to your video, even Hmm. if they don't get to the end of the video. Right? so yep. you can start making your videos more likely it's not guaranteed obviously but more likely to be surfaced next to each other you'll be more likely to be suggested to your own content and your surf your videos are more likely to get surfaced to the right viewer at the right time when youtube starts figuring out who's engaging with this content who's who's not so all that to say instead of asking people people to subscribe instead get them to click and watch another video increase the watch time on other videos the viewing session hopefully also increasing their satisfaction with your content by giving them more helpful content at the end and that is where when we start seeing explosive growth happen on channels and by explosive i mean um like we work with one guy he's a men's fashion channel and he was doing around two thousand new subscribers per day which is not bad but he's like pretty big him He's like, I I know there's a lot of untapped potential here. I could be doing so much more. And so we worked with him for a few months. He was uh, 100% completely in the keyword optimization stuff. And we're like, no, let's let's optimize our, our metadata for humans, not for robots. Let's drop some of these keywords, make it like this is way more clickable. If someone saw that, your target audience would click on that every single time. And so when we started doing that in 3 months instead of doing 2000 subscribers per day he went from he went to doing 39,000 subscribers per day and Ooh. he just blew past a million subscribers 2 million subscribers kept going and 93% of that traffic is, was coming from homepage and suggested. A lot of people think of YouTube in terms of search, which it certainly is. It's, you know, the world's second largest search engine. So that's absolutely a valuable traffic source. But when you look at the, the different discovery opportunities on YouTube, search is actually a pretty small one, not insignificant. But when you can just get YouTube to start putting your video for the right person without them even looking for it that's when explosive growth happens. And that's what we, at our team, we focus on optimizing for that type of growth. Right.
0: Well, we we had, uh, I had uh, Jess Schultz, sorry, who was talking a few weeks ago. Really recommend going and listening to that video. It's really good. It's really well worth watching because she talks about Google Discover and how Google itself is going that way with this idea of pushing content. Did you see what I just did there? I promoted my own video in the middle of this video to get people to watch that one. Yeah. Ah, you say, I'm subtle. I'm good at this. And at the end, <laughs> I've got Danny Goodwin coming up and Danny Goodwin's going to be a great episode next week. So I'm, I'm maybe overdoing it right now uh, because I get overexcited. There you go. Uh, the, the next week's episode is updating content as an SEO strategy with the rather wonderful Danny Goodwin. So you do have to come back and watch that because it will be wonderful. Yeah. Overdoing okay. it. Yes. Yeah. Am um, I overdoing you, it or is, or is this subtle enough?
1: no i think it's great if you're doing it in the middle of a youtube videos um you might unintentionally have people actually go and click and watch that thing which means it ends the viewing session in the I middle of the video rather than at the end but it's something that this is what i mean you guys know probably more than most people I talk to. How like Google has so much data, and <laughs> thankfully they make a lot of it available to us in YouTube Analytics, so we can see when that's happening. We can see in the audience retention graphs, click through rates. Like, ooh, this is actually creating abandonment right here. Or yeah, that, that, gotta that be would like, be
0: really interesting to look at that when I mentioned Jez Schultz and say, go and watch right. that if if there is a dip uh, yeah, after a or, while with. with it.
1: There might be nothing at all. You're like, that's completely, like, don't make any call to actions in the middle because they don't work. And it actually just distracts and, and like, or you see the abandonment happen, but not the click-through rate go up. So people are just leaving the video because it makes them feel like content's over at that point instead. So all the data... Oh, oh, sorry,
0: can I ask a question then? Should I
1: be saying stick around
0: because coming up soon Tim's going to talk about actually how to make money out of YouTube or uh, is, is kind of stick around for uh, see you on the next video
1: which you mentioned earlier on is that really useful so uh, it could be that's better than just stopping for sure I think when it comes <laughs> to a YouTube video uh, what I would do is let's if we need to plug this thing in the middle like it's a brand deal a sponsorship or something like that let we have to do that plug in the middle in a way that it still feels like it's part of the content itself like so for you did it um you said like oh yeah that's kind of what we're gonna be talking about next week when goodwin is here we're gonna do that and the other thing and then we're mm. like right back into the content so it's more kind of right. like parenthetical thought than it is like time out taking a break we're gonna make this announcement and then we'll be back type of thing like
0: television yeah okay i mean because uh, i actually when i hear that you know time out we're taking a break talking about the sponsor uh, i absolutely hate that and i'm I'm, yeah. I'm i'm in a situation now where i'm much more into kind of that idea of saying oh this reminds me of that and now we're back into the conversation as you say the conversation needs to keep moving because people switch off incredibly quickly i mean a oh, few man, seconds yeah.
1: Well, yeah, so on, there's a, um, have you heard lean back versus lean in viewing experiences? No, Oh, one? but you can
0: explain so, it quickly. Okay, yeah, quickly. Cause you so, know all about this stuff, brilliant. Oh
1: yeah, so, um, a lean in viewing experience is like actually let's start with lean back. Lean back viewing experience is when is like television. It's it's like when people are just leaning back on their couches, they're kind of passively watching, they're usually multitasking. They've yeah. got their iPad on their lap or they're eating dinner, they're talking to someone else in the room, but the TV's going, it's a very passive viewing experience. But lean in viewing experience, like YouTube and social media in general, like they're leaning in at their desk. And, and for people okay. listening
0: to the podcast, Tim just lit, lent into the camera. Leaning in. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah, yeah leaning in. So it, it, it's this active kind of viewing where I'm thinking, Very what active. am I going to be doing next?
1: Right. And so on television, people can kind of get away. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it with taking three minutes to kind of build up to something. But on YouTube, you got like three seconds to build up and they're either swiping or they're double tapping to skip ahead or something. So they're, they're very actively uh, engaged with this, with this content. A couple, a couple of years ago, um, actually many years ago. Now I was out at universal studios uh, on set with uh, Jillian Michaels. You know who she is? from the biggest loser. No, but she's probably really
0: famous, and yeah. I should have been really impressed, right?
1: Yeah. Well, on television. This is the this is the, the point on television. She attracts four million people instantly, and right. then okay. and then YouTube contracts her and a whole bunch of other celebrities to um, start this YouTube start their YouTube channels, and they thought back then this will give us more credibility and help our platform grow. Turns out it flopped. But right. um, so here is Jillian. YouTube's paying her to make one video every weekday. Uh, and so she's doing like uh, 20 some videos a month and the, there, the, the problem was why can she attract 4 million people instantly in television? But then when it comes to YouTube, her top video had 2,500 views Wrong. and they're like, why are people watching her there, but not here? And so I'm on set with her out there and. And I was like trying to figure this is a new, I like new problems, new challenges. And so this I was trying to figure this one out and it was very much of a, and this is what a mistake a lot of people make when they come to YouTube is they're like, Hey guys, I had an awesome day. You need to know all about it coming up right after this. Television style, but on YouTube, it's like, <laughs> "Hey guys, how you doing? Oh, it's just so good to see you again, man. I had an awesome day today. Like, how's your day going? Like, like Sarah commented yesterday, said that Sarah, so good to hear from you. My day, and and then it was a very different feel and tone. So one is like oh. a presentation, the other is a conversation. And on social media, people come to YouTube." not for every genre and every style and every creator, but, but as like a, as a general principle, they're coming for conversation. They don't. And so what she, she couldn't, Jillian couldn't make the switch to YouTube. She tried and just, Brilliant. so all okay. of that, she was, and she was speaking to a, a lean back viewing experience, well, we're leaning, we're talking into a lean in viewing experience. So to answer your question, very lengthfully, unfortunately, sorry about that, is that uh, you, you got to hook them and hold their attention within three seconds. That's well, like
0: cool. Right, okay, so th- basically th- this is and was a conversation and you turned it into a minor monologue there about yeah, uh, right, Dilly about and Me Bob. Yeah. That's all right, it's absolutely fine. And that's part of the conversation as well. Sometimes somebody holds the conversation for a while, then it's somebody else's turn. Now it's my turn and you're not yeah, having you're the too. conversation, yeah. but I'm gonna <laughs> stick this one out. Anyway. Sorry, I'm being silly, but that that was absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, We were supposed to be talking about actually monetizing it and not breaking a YouTube channel. But the nice thing about a conversation is that it can go to this point where we just talk about different things and end up somewhere we didn't expect to be. That was absolutely brilliant, Tim Schmoyer. I'm going to quickly announce Danny Goodwin next week. So do come back for that, for the content, updating content of an SEO strategy. That's going to be absolutely awesome because he's a lovely guy, very smart, knows his stuff. One of my favorite people. Thank you, Tim.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun.
0: You get the outro song as well. Don't go away before you've heard that, anybody. Yeah. yeah. A quick goodbye to and the show.
1: Thank you, Tim. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been fun.